Hi everyone, uh, me again, and today is November, no, December 5th, 2022. So the title today, I'll figure it out exactly when I type it, but something along the line of why proper exercise can be one of the best financial investments that you can make. So what does exercise and finances have to do? So a little bit about my background. I worked for an insurance company for 30 years. And as part of that, I was part, I was a head of the estate and financial planning uh, department for uh, one of the regions in Ontario here for this uh, major life insurance company. And as part of that, I once went to a seminar where I heard a, a college uh, or university professor do a talk and it was entitled, Are You a Bond or a Stock? So just uh, not to take for granted that people, all listeners are going to understand uh, financial terms, I'm just going to say that, you know, when you invest uh, your money into uh, a financial vehicle, you're either going to become an owner of something or you're going to become a creditor. So what do I mean by that? So if you buy a bond, uh, in Canada here, a Canadian savings bond, a government bond, corporate bonds, whatnot. What you're doing is you are lending your money to either a government or a corporation or, or some sort of institution, and they, in exchange, are paying you interest for your money. So basically, it's a loan. That's sometimes referred to as a, a debt equity. And, uh, and so that's Basically, what's happening if you have money in the bank and you're uh, earning interest on the money that you have in the bank, essentially are allowing the bank to use your money while it's sitting in there and they are paying you interest. So it's like a loan. They, of course, turn around and take your money and lend it to other people and uh, charge them a higher interest rate than they're paying you. And that's how they make their money on what we call the spread, the difference between the interest rate that you're receiving on the money you have in the bank or in the bond or whatever, and the amount, whatever it is that they're using it for uh, to do that. Now, on the other hand, if you own a stock or a share, those are just interchangeable terms, where you are own shares of Apple or shares of some other company, you are not a creditor, you are an owner. You own part of that company. You own a share of that company. So. Typically speaking, it's a generalization, but typically speaking, a bond is considered a more secure investment. However, it tends to not have the same potential return on it as a share or a stock. And this is a generalization because there are different types of bonds that have greater and lesser safety of your capital. And there are different shares or stocks or equities that have different uh, returns as well as safety of your capital. But essentially, typically, a share or a stock is more volatile, meaning there's less safety of your capital, but also has a greater potential for better returns. And a bond is tends to have more conservative returns, but a greater degree of safety. So going back to the title of the presenter's talk, which was, are you a stock or a bond. So he pointed out that he was more like a bond because he was a tenured professor at a university with really good job security. 
So basically, his job was really secure. He was never going to be a rich, rich man, but he was going to be uh, have incredible security. And the audience he was speaking to was primarily self-employed financial advisors working on commissions. So he pointed out that we were stocks because even though we didn't have the same security of our income, we had no ceiling on our income. We were able to make as much as we uh, wanted to based on how hard we wanted to work and how smart we wanted to work. And part of his talk had to do with creating a balance sheet. And the balance sheet, which is basically uh, a financial uh, document that's looking at your net worth. So balance sheet on the one hand has all your assets, everything you own, on the other side has all your liabilities, which is everything that you owe. And of course, the difference between the two is your net worth. So the comparison he made was the balance sheet of an older person who has been saving money and has many assets over time uh, and very few liabilities, for example, because he's had time to pay them off versus a very young person, say somebody just graduating out of school who probably has a whole bunch of uh, university loans to pay off and uh, probably has very little in the way of actual assets. So he said at first glance, the balance sheet of the older person is going to look a lot more impressive than that of the recent university graduate. But then he went on to point out that there is an asset that is being uh, overlooked in this example, and that is future earning power. So if the older person is, say, 65 years old and is close to the end of his or her career, then the future, the value of his future earning power, or his or her future earning power is very little because he is at the end of his earning years. Whereas uh, the person who just graduated from university, say he was in their early 20s, has an asset that's much greater as far as earning power because they have many more and more years of earnings. So if you were to factor that in, um, then, then the balance sheets might look a lot closer. Even the younger person's balance sheet might actually look more impressive, which is, of course, one of the reasons why you want to save your money as you get older, because eventually you will not be able to earn money and so you'll have to depend to survive and live on the money that you've accumulated over time. Now, what does all this have to do with exercise? Well, your earning power is not only based on your age, but it's also based on your health and your ability. The term disabled in insurance services doesn't necessarily just mean that you're ill or have had an accident. Disabled means you're not able to earn a living. People buy disability insurance, which does not pay just as a result of being disabled. It pays out, you can claim on disability insurance, only if as a result of becoming disabled, you are unable, you, you, the income that you are earning, you are no longer able to earn because you're no longer able to do your job. So if you stay healthy and strong through proper exercise, meaning that you're not doing a type of exercise, which even though it might make you stronger, might also destroy your body in the 
process of doing it, which is going to bring you no further ahead in your old age, the longer that you are able to stay strong and healthy, and of course sharp mentally, then the longer you're going to be able to earn an income. Now, whether you choose to or not, or whether you have saved enough or not, or maybe your investments haven't done as well, you might think of this as a, um, a backup plan, because let's say your investments have done bad, or maybe you didn't save as much as you should have, or maybe you had saved some, but something came along uh, unforeseen, a divorce, a downturn in the economy. Uh, maybe you had to help out one of your children that was unforeseen, these types of things. If you're still able to earn an income and be sharp beyond as long as you can, perhaps even long beyond normal retirement age, then financially, you're still able to earn a living. So you have earning power as a result of staying healthy and strong through proper, safe exercise that hasn't destroyed your body in the process. Now, flip side, you might say, well, I don't, you know, might not have to work. I don't want to work, especially in my older age, although a lot of people continue to do so, not only for the financial returns, because they just enjoy being productive. But the other side of it is this. So let's say you have saved enough money and now you go into your old age. One of the uh, grim realities of old age that depending how old you live and how your health is, you can get to a point where you become, uh, it, it, your health deteriorates to the point where it necessitates that you receive long-term care, either in a facility or at home um, through nurses or other professionals or even family members coming in to help you out. And one of the things I can tell you from experience that throws off a lot of people's financial plans, because somebody will do a financial plan and they'll figure out, okay, well, I want to retire at a certain age and I want to live a certain lifestyle, which is going to cost me a certain amount per year. So I want to save accordingly in order to make sure that I have sufficient assets in order to provide that lifestyle. But what they fail to take into consideration is if they require uh, long-term care, additional medical expenses of any type as a result of a stroke as a result of Alzheimer's, as a result of an accident or a fall where you break a hip and whatnot, and all of a sudden you need that, then all of a sudden the assets that were supposed to last 20, 30, 40 years into your retirement can very quickly be depleted much quicker than they would have been. So once again, proper exercise, staying strong and healthy and minimizing the chances of that occurring can have an enormous financial benefit by not only, as I said earlier, allowing you to continue to earn money if you choose to much longer into your lifespan, but also making sure that your savings are not depleted uh, much quicker than you had planned because of an unforeseen long term care event. So anyways, if you didn't have enough reasons already to uh, exercise properly, safely, stay strong and healthy. Hopefully, I've given you some food for thought about another reason why actually staying strong and healthy is not only good from a point of view of physical and mental health, but actually your financial health as well. 
hopefully there's some value to this little message and of course sharing is very appreciated subscribing is very appreciated and if you are sharing to people please encourage them to subscribe as well thanks for listening bye for now